Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Yo, it's the Sporting Tribune today, back in the confines of our own home here at the station. Because last week, we took the show on the road for the first time ever as we went out to the Las Vegas Aces Championship Parade. So before we get into everything we need to get into on this episode, uh, we want to just give a huge thanks to everyone that checked it out. One of our most viewed episodes that we've ever done and we got to be on the las vegas strip i'm never gonna complain about that right and it was chaos and that's kind of the theme of this week's episode because here's the deal i had a game plan it was laid out i thought it was going to be easy it was going to be simple i got the chance to talk to eddie kingston from AEW, one of my favorite wrestlers. Personally, you guys know I love wrestling. We've had a bunch of wrestlers on the show, and it was a really great conversation. Got to sit down with them and have a really good convo, which we will get to. We will have that conversation on the episode today, but that word chaos, because Halloween, everything wanted to go crazy. Going into Halloween, we got a Woj bomb. James Harden traded to the Clippers. In the offseason, we heard the speculation. It was going to happen. They were flirting. No, it's going to happen. Then it was dead. It was going to happen. Then it was dead. Then the season starts. Okay, so it's not going to happen. At least not now. It'll happen at the deadline if it does. Boom, three games into the season, James Harden is back in L.A., back in his home city with the Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, crazy. And then after Halloween... I'm in my office after taking my son out to go trick-or-treating. He dressed up as Blue Beetle. I think that's important information I wanted documented on the record. Had a great time. A lot of Reese's, which was a plus. A lot of Reese's, only one bag of pretzels. I don't know when pretzels became okay to hand out for Halloween. It's been a thing since I was a kid. I don't know when that got the okay. Pretzels and Twix, we can throw out and get rid of them. But we'll talk about that next year okay we don't have time all right so we we do the halloween trick-or-treating i put him to sleep go take a shower send a couple emails before i close the laptop for the night and get ready for the next day and then adam schefter is going to tweet out that the raiders got rid of dave ziegler and josh mcdaniels and so my good friend steve carp who works here at the sporting tribune today who is a hall of famer multiple time hall of famer in this great state Covering all these Las Vegas teams. I got to tell you, Steve, and everyone else, I told you so. What did you think that was? What what in the world did you think was going to happen with this roster? We saw what happened last year. And last year, they went swinging. They got Devontae Adams. They got their quarterback. They traded a Pro Bowl tight end. They, they, they've switched philosophies three times. They've only been here for two years. That seems to me to be a problem. 
They got a quarterback who can't throw the ball deep. So why did you get one of the best wide receivers in the league if you don't have someone who can get them the ball? And now you clogged up the team offensively. And now Josh Jacobs, one of the premier running backs in the league, now has no room to operate. Oh, no, by the way, that terrible offensive line that made Derek Carr look awful. And Derek Carr, I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's better. But how is he supposed to be good? How is anybody supposed to be good? How is Jimmy G supposed to be good when you don't make no improvements to the offensive line? When the defense is ass other than Max Crosby. No improvements anywhere. No, no symmetry. No, like, here's the plan and we're going to do it. And we're going to do this. At least the Clippers, at least they're going for it. They're trying to make the best. It might not work, but at least they're going for it. With the Raiders, oh, we're going for it. We got Devontae Adams the next year. Now we're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to improve anything. And this is what happens. And shout out to Mark Davis. I know Raiders fans for ye- for weeks have been wanting Josh McDaniels to get out of here. I was about to say years because let's be honest, at the end of last season, there was some people saying that. But th- that's what happens when a team doesn't have a good season. But th- Mark made the move. A lot of people were harassing him, walking up to his suite. Anytime he was in public here in Las Vegas, because he's out here, by the way, he's not one of these owners that's just living a rich lifestyle, not in public. No, Mark Davis is out here, whether it's Aces games, on the strip, boxing, UFC, whatever. You can find him very easily. Everyone harassed him. It wasn't paparazzi running up to him. It was Raider Nation telling him to fire Josh McDaniels. And they finally did it. And you see the reports. He was most mad after the Packers win, which kind of makes me feel good because... Sometimes people are like, well, at least we won. And it's like, no, we have problems that need to get addressed because when this gets brought to the light, like you're going to get exposed and they're gone now, which is good. But what happens next? Because you have great, great, great players on this team. You can't expect great players in the NFL to just stay on a team that's not going to compete. The lifespan, the career span, I should say, is too short. We already saw Devontae Adams being pissed off. You think he wants to go through one more season of this? Because he's going through it again. This will be his second year on on a terrible team. And now we're talking about next year to let whoever comes in and, and the general manager and the coach, like for them to fix this. I'm not even bringing up Max Crosby, who's been here the entire time. So he's been dealing with this the longest. Josh Jacobs has that, that one-year contract. He's out of here. So it's it's chaos, but I guess... I guess you got you to gotta cut it off at the head or whatever the phrase is. And they did that by getting rid of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. So, of course, we'll be getting into the Raiders. We got, we got the whole season and the offseason to talk about what's next. All right. And we got Eddie Kingston coming up. But brought up the James Harden trade. We need to talk about that right now. So let's bring in our beat writer covers the Clippers, covers the Dodgers as well. Last time he was on the show, got very emotional with the Dodgers. I don't blame him. Now we got to talk about some basketball and the Clippers and James Harden. So joining us from the Sporting Tribune, Grant, first of all, introduce yourself to people right now for the NBA season. What is this? Whoa, what was that? Whoa, you see that? Is that what I have to look? What happens? Oh, nothing. Oh, there it goes again. See, uh, we're just celebrating the James Harden trade. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be doing a lot of Clipper content, guys. I know you saw me talk about 
the Dodgers. Well, not talk about them. I kind of vented about them, Adrian. Uh, but in terms of this trade, um, it's something they had to do. I know you you probably mentioned this is that it's been an ongoing uh, thing for about 125 days now. Uh, it's been a long process. They finally got it done. Something that I didn't expect was it to get done this early. I mean, usually, you know, I should probably mention this too, usually you get deals done towards the deadline. Usually get them done in January or February. They got it done a third game of the season. And I kind of see it as insurance. This is just insurance for the two stars that are always injured. We all know that. Kawhi and Paul George are always hurt. They needed another star. Russell Westbrook, we saw in that first round last year, he can handle a series as the lead guy, but he can't win a series as the lead guy. So they needed some insurance in case somebody goes down. And that's what this James Harden trade was. It was just insurance for a team that needed more. There's teams like Phoenix. There's teams right, like Denver. Really quick, was that was that like a siren going off? In the- yeah, you know what? There's sirens everywhere in L.A. because it just seems like no, 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 basketball is back. Uh, there's sirens everywhere I mean goodness gracious basketball is booming in LA look there's sirens as soon as I talk about James Harden there's confetti coming down I don't know what's going on here so uh, but anyways in terms of this deal the Clippers shipped off some fan favorites they really did I mean there's these are guys that have been with the team through good runs Uh, but you needed you needed to do it yeah Batum you know, fourth quarter yelling why Batum in. There's that line from uh, from a rap song. Uh, but he's gone. Morris is gone. Covington's gone. They traded away picks. They, this is all in, Adrian. This is a team that's all in on whatever their destiny may be. But all these guys are on one-year deals, and they're just going to see where it goes. But for the Clippers, I see it as a win. I do. Listen, suggestion. You're covering the Clippers, right? You got to get you got to get that banner down, bro. We got to. Look at. Look I was gonna say. I was gonna say. This isn't my office, so I'm using I somebody I, else's. I, I was trying to. I was trying to. Like we. I understand what's going on it's behind the scenes inside baseball. For those, <laughs> or for those watching, actually on on Believe Network. Um, look, this is what we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna talk Chris Matman, Arash Markazi, the the Hefes, All right, the bosses. We're gonna make sure we get you a Elton Brand picture. Oh, post. And put over the Lakers stuff. Because we got you over here covering the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to make sure. Because I don't want people to screenshot and be like, you're a phony. Like the family guy scene. Listen, so we got you covered on that. I, I, I agree with that. But this post right here is for... I, I put it up just because the Lakers finally beat the Clippers after 11 straight losses. So I'll, I'll let the Lakers have their fun. They got, they got their one win against us in the last 11 tries. There you go. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, that game yesterday, by the way, that was a fantastic night of basketball. I mean, the Clippers and Lakers had a shootout. Um, Paul George had 35, Kawhi had 38, LeBron had 30-plus. I mean, that's peak NBA hoops, right, Adrian? That's what you want to see from well, the NBA. You also had Westbrook not wanting to give that to LeBron, which yeah. is disrespectful. And honestly, it's like a three-game suspension. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> Just to be disrespectful. That's crazy, bro. Um, I heard it's because he didn't have, he didn't, Russell wanted to be in Space Jam to show his kids. And because he wasn't one of the, like, he's like, you chose Dame Lillard over me. Yeah, right. You know, so it's just, it's one of those interesting things, right? But no, I want to, I want to get serious here for a second. Uh, You brought up the one year contracts. Um, You look at the construction of this team, like, who's going to start games? Who's going to close games? 
What's the rotation? Are they automatically defaulting the small ball? And luckily for them, to their credit, I will actually say right now, to do it this early in the season means Tyron Lue has an entire season to kind of mess with these pieces to see what works well. Um, right now, like, how do you see, in terms of on the court, let's go with, with closing situations. Like, to close out these games, what do you think is the best lineup that the Clippers can put out there? I think the best lineup you could have is James Harden at point, Terrence Mann at shooting guard. When he comes back, you have Paul George at the three, Kawhi at the four, and then you could go with either P.J. Tucker at the five, or you could go with Zubots at the five, and I think that's the closing lineup for them. I think that Russ is going to be in the starting lineup initially. They're going to see how that fits. But I just think that Russ playing off ball is just Lakers 2.0. I mean, it's really not a recipe for success. Maybe he buys in and starts becoming that slasher cutter, but all these guys need the ball in their hands, and Russ is the one that needs the ball in his hands the most. So putting him next to an ISO-centric guy like James Harden and having Russ play off ball is probably not the best option because then you might see the Lakers version of him come out, and we do not want to see that. Uh, Maybe Laker fans do but a lot of us don't uh in terms of the fit right now i think they should have james harden be the shooting guard and have russell westbrook be the point guard uh just to see how that works see how russ can get james harden involved off ball because james harden's a great shooter russell westbrook is not james harden is a great point guard in terms of getting guys facilitated but he's a good shooter as well russell westbrook's just a good facilitator he can't shoot the ball as well as james harden so the fit is a little bit iffy because as you know adrian there's only one basketball on a court and there are four guys in that starting five that need the ball in their hands we just saw paul george and Kawhi take over a game they need the ball in their hands so the dynamic is questionable that's why i was initially out on it but I guess it could work if they all buy in. I, I don't really well, here's, have to see. Here's the thing. Um, I know that uh, talking to the media and the earliest that James is going to play um, from the Clippers is Monday at the earliest, if not later. So next week. Um, Lawrence Frank, president of the Clippers, you know, came out and said that a lot of what they watched in Brooklyn kind of indicated why they wanted to, to, to make the move. Because they're like, at, at times that season, you know, with, with KD and with Kyrie, like they, they liked how James was able to handle, handle himself without being the primary guy. And Tyronn Lue also specifically talked about James as a passer. Um, and this is like, this is going to be fascinating to watch play out. And to you, uh, let's say we're in the playoffs. It's a do or die situation. This is... A do-or-die team. No team is more do-or-die this season (laughs) than the Los Angeles Clippers for so many damn reasons as that new arena is being built. Who initiates the offense for the Clippers? Uh, It's going to have to be James Harden. I'm sorry. It just is. Everybody on that team. That's yeah, it. he's going to listen. James Harden led the te- led the league in assists per game last year at 10.7. People forget about that because of what he did in the playoffs. Uh, he's going to have to get these guys going. He's going to have to facilitate. He's a great pick and roll player. So you can put Kawhi and Paul George in that pick and roll and just kind of play off of it. James Harden is going to be the one initiating the offense coming up, I think, in the playoffs. And then who do you want taking that last shot? It's still Kawhi Leonard. There's no doubt about it. This guy hit a game seven bounce, 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 bounce shot to send them to the the Raptors to the Eastern Conference Finals. He is a guy that's proven to be a clutch player. 
Paul George was clutch against the Lakers uh, in this last matchup, but Kawhi is still the guy to go to. And I know Harden has had his clutch moments, but he's also had his non-clutch moments. So Harden will be the one initiating the offense, and the ball is going to find Kawhi Leonard's hands in these clutch moments, not even in the regular season, but in the postseason as well. And I guess, I guess this leads to the big question, which is, in your opinion, how does this, how does this play out? Honestly, in your opinion, <sighs> the the Clippers don't have the wing depth to beat the the Nuggets. They don't have any size to match up with the Suns or the Lakers. Like we saw the Lakers play three centers and they dominated the, the Clippers. That's how they got back in the game and won. I would love to say that that this is a finals team. I just don't see it. I, I don't think that they have enough size to compete with Denver and Denver's on another level. I think their ceiling is probably the finals, but I think legitimately they'll, they're probably a, just a Western conference finals team. And the, the floor is Another first-round exit. I mean, this could go all wrong, Adrian. That's the thing with this Clippers team is that you think they're all great. You think the hype is there, and then they just fall off a cliff. Guys get injured. Something happens. There's a curse. I don't know if bringing in James Harden is going to reverse the curse, but it's worth a shot. I mean, this is the last year of these guys getting together. So, Grant, you got 15 seconds, my man. Before we get you out of here, I just let people know what you're doing this season and where they can get your content. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to do, be doing a whole bunch of stuff for the Sporting Tribune. Um, you can find me at gmona48 on all socials. I post video content, um, do podcasts with Brandon, Baller Sports Dialogue. So we're all out there, man. No, 100%. Grant, listen, thank you so much for joining us and Coming up next, we will be joined by Eddie Kingston, AEW superstar. Full gear, their pay-per-view event will be at the Forum November 18th, a few weeks away. And yeah, we get into CM Punk. Uh, We get into his championship reign, Eddie Kingston, that is. But also, a super important conversation about mental health. And he was very open, very vulnerable. He didn't have to be. I'm gracious that he was. A great conversation with Eddie Kingston coming up. This is the Sporting Tribune today. Vegas, I'm hella excited. We're talking wrestling. I'm here with one of my favorite wrestlers. New Japan Pro Wrestling is in the building tonight. Spirit Unleashed. Fighting Spirit Unleashed, excuse me. Eddie Kingston, Ring of Honor World Champion. New Japan Strong, Open Weight Champion. Eddie, first and foremost, how you doing? I know, man. I'm good, man. Chilling, getting ready to fight tonight. You know what I mean? This is what I live for, so I'm ready. This is the game day. We, we, we get in this special hours before the fight, and before we get into wrestling and everything, um, I have an important set of questions that we're going to start with. First and foremost, how many Giants jerseys do you own? Ah, uh, over the years, like at least 50, 60, but like now maybe three. What was your, really? No, because what, Daniel Jones, Saquon, not rocking with them? No, not Daniel Jones. I got a Saquon, you know what I mean? But not a Daniel Jones. No, I'm not rocking with him. Which one's your most coveted one that you've had over the years? Uh, LT, 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 then Harry Carson I got, and uh, Phil Simms when I was a kid. Phil Simms, our Odyssey brother. Well, listen, I got a gift. I've never done this (laughs) on the interview. You know, in radio, they send us books all the time. Hey, do you want to talk about someone? Uh, Tom Coughlin came out with a book last year, right? He didn't come on the show. Because he didn't come on the show, I didn't read this. 
And why do I need to have this at my house? Nah, you don't. Listen, bro, you're Thank on the road. You, bro. Thank a giant you. win. I appreciate it, dog. We'll put it to the camera, baby. <laughs> Whatever. I love it. Tom Coughlin, come on the show now. That was a free Now plug. you got to come on, Tommy. You um, know what I mean? Thank you, though. I appreciate yo, it. Yo, of course. Now, how do you feel about Derek Jeter? Uh, I know a lot of people hate on Derek Jeter because, you know. A compiler overrated? Yeah. No, you know what? <laughs> Y'all just say he's overrated, and I can kind of go with that. But my man played big time when it was time to play big. You know what I mean? Which no one else did. You know what I mean? When we needed the big hit, who did it? Jeter. When we needed the big defensive play, who did it? Jeter. That's why he's a Hall of Famer, because he was a primetime player if you want to bring him back old school. You know what I mean? Everyone else with all the better stats and better fielding and all that, they couldn't handle the pressure that Jeter had to deal with. That's my man. That's why he's my man. You hear that, Nomar Garciaparra? Shots directed at you. No, there's no shots. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Did he make a big play against the A's? Did he dive into the stands to make a play? Did he get a big base hit when they needed him to? The Not rings. all the time. Or the, the rings. rings. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just stating facts. No, this is this is very true. And then um, I do want to talk to you about Madden. Because uh, you went on Swerve Strickland's podcast. This yeah. is like a year. This was... A long time ago, and what I wasn't expected was for you to go after EA because of Mutt and Ultimate Dog, Team. But why? Like, I get it. I know why they're doing it to make money. For the money. Yeah, but the franchise. It's fun, though. No, nah, the franchise is. F you know what I mean? Like, I grew up, I'm older. I grew up when the franchise was a big deal. And they had all this stuff with the create your own team, create your own play. Tony Bruno. Yeah, yeah, the, the Tony Bruno radio, all that stuff. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. And then they were in-depth with it. And now it's just the same franchise every year, so I'm not going to buy it. So what, you're on three years of not buying it? Yeah, I'm just not going to buy it. I'm over it. I'm that's, done. Yo, that's, that's crazy. I, I bought the other day. I, pl bought, I played the other day because I have an old PlayStation, uh, Madden 08. And that franchise blows away any franchise that they've had in years. Was that Brett Favre on the cover of Vince Young? No, Vince Young. I know your story of getting to AEW and like this is this is ridiculous, but like yeah. having all these fans like in year eighteen, like just how does that feel? Is it it's weird, weird to you? Weird as, <laughs> weird as, because like I I don't know, man. I I tell my girl this because she's like, why is it weird? And I try to explain to, her. like I'm not anything different. I'm not a superstar. I don't feel like it, and I'm not like just some movie star or something. I'm just me. So when people come up to me and tell me, like, oh, I'm a big fan or what you said had an effect on me, uh, what you do has an effect on me, I'm just kind of like, nah, why? You know what I mean? Like, 
I look at people like Malcolm X or Martin Luther King, and I'm like, look at them. Don't look at me. I'm just a pro wrestler, you know? I'm just and, doing what I love. Yeah, and I've been wanting to do this since I was nine years old. So to me, I'm just living the world. The I'm living the dream I wanted to live. And it's just, I'm not putting people down when they come up to me. It's just, it's weird for me. You know, I, I get real bashful about it. And I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. Or when they're like, oh, picture. I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. Like, because I don't see myself as a big deal. It's not, it's not a big deal. I just, if I inspire someone awesome, it still feels weird, though. You know? Well, I do. You, you talk about inspiration. The other thing that, that I, I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy. You just did a video a couple weeks, or a couple days ago that just came out. You know, talking about mental health. Yeah. Talking about, you know, suicide and those thoughts. Of course, a year ago, two years ago, the Players' Tribune article was another yeah. big thing. And whether it's the Players' Tribune article, in interviews, you talk about this. And it's not easy for anyone to talk about, yeah, let not. alone a professional athlete, a professional wrestler who's over here. I want to win the, I want to be the champ and I want to whoop everyone's ass. Yeah. For you, you're like, no, I'm, I'm trying to, these are my thoughts and I know other people are feeling them too. Where do you, why is it so important for you to talk about these things out loud to people, I guess? Because uh, I've lost a lot of friends, you know what I mean, who didn't talk about it, who hit it, and uh, a couple of friends committed suicide. A couple of friends went on a went on a little run and got killed by others, you know what I mean? Because they didn't talk about it. And I look at my family and like a lot of my family members, man, went through it, you know, and, and, and didn't deal with it until later on in their life, you know, until they would they didn't fit you never figure it out, but they didn't start trying to work on themselves until they were in their like late forties, early fifties, you know, and I seen them struggle when they were in their 20s and 30s, my uncles, you know? And it's just like, well, let's talk about it. Let's do something different now. Yeah. Because for years, we didn't talk about it. And guess what? It didn't f***ing work. People still died. People still committed suicide. So how about we start talking about it? And to me, if one person, only one, all it takes is one. If one person, because they hear me or they hear someone else talk about their mental health and they're like, oh, sh I'm not alone, because you're not, and it helps them move on in their life, then that's all that matters. You know what I mean? I'm not doing this to be the advocate for mental health or whatever. No, I'm just doing it because to me it's right. Because you're a human yeah. being and this and is what I guess, through. I guess, and if it, it, you know what I mean? To me it's a right thing to do. You know, I try to do right things. It's hard sometimes. You know, when doing bad is much easier, trust me. But I try to do the right thing, man. And to me, this feels right. You and know I, what I mean? And for this next question, I apologize if it's too personal, but no, for no, me, no. I did. I started therapy last year. Nice. Do you go to therapy or? Uh, no, I, I haven't gone back to therapy in about a year, but I'm I'm always planning on it. You know what I mean? And I also have a real good support system, and my support system they'll let me know if like yo Eddie, go back to therapy. You know what I mean? Or they'll they'll tell me like oh we can't can't help you on this. You need a professional. Yeah. And I'll do well, it. Well, that's my problem. I've yeah. been to like six of them. Sometimes they're too old. I was like, you don't relate to me. <laughs> you haven't listened to the same music, grew up the same way. Like, yeah, how can I, you win this? I, Isn't I, that hard? I, you know, for me, it's hard. I'm not looking for answers. You know what I mean? I'm not looking for them to fix me, per se, because I don't think nothing's wrong. Yeah. It's just I'm looking for a way to handle things correctly. I'm not looking for a fix because I'm never going to be fixed. That's There's honestly, a battle that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. I'm just looking for better ways of handling it. You know what I'm saying? 
when people try to me, when people say, oh, I'm just trying to get fixed, like, fixed for what? Ain't nothing wrong with you. This is life. Everybody's different, dog. You know what I mean? And like, I hate the word normal. I hate that word. Because my normal's not the same as yours. Yeah. Or, or the next person or that. We make our own normal. You know what I mean? So to me, when I go through my depression or when I start, you know, getting a little bit on edge, that's my normal. It may not be the next man's, but that's mine. And, and that's fine. You know what I mean? There's nothing to fix. I just need to learn ways of handling it better. And that's what I tell people. Like, therapy's not about fixing because you ain't, ain't nothing wrong with you. You ain't broken. You just got to find a way to handle it better than the next man. And that's it. And, and listen, I want to thank you right now because, like, that to me personally, that's, like, one of the hardest things. Viewing it of, like, fixed or problem. It's kind of like you want to be the best wrestler. Yeah. I want to be the best interviewer, be the best person in the radio. If there's ever a day where I think something's fixed or complete, it's a wrap. Yeah. Because it's not. Because this continues. Yep. And every day there's something to add on oh, to it. Oh, there's something new every day, man. Like, every day there's something new. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's life, dog. That's life. You know, and I just said, I just feel like it's, it's good to talk about it now. Like I said, we didn't talk about it for years and we lost a lot of people. You know what I mean? I did. I know uh, other people have as well. It's about time to switch it up now. Let's try a new way. If this don't work, all right, then. Do it a different way then after that. I don't know. And I know you just told me, you know, you're uncomfortable with getting praise. I hate it, man, because I just don't feel like... But look, I let me know. just... I, I, I need it. to go through the catalog real quick. Yeah. Main event at AEW, pay-per-views. All out, 80,000, 70,000, whatever the number is, right? The moments that you've had, the love, the new fandom, Grand Slam winning in your city. Yeah. Family there, finally winning that world championship. Yeah. Were you able to take a moment to take all that in? Or is this like, no, I can't think about this now because I'm doing what I'm doing? Uh, I, I, I usually take these moments in when I'm in the hotel by myself. And, like, I'll take it in for a little bit. But then my brain is like, all right, on to the next thing. We got to hurry up. We got, I got this other thing to do. I got to keep going. I got to do something at work or something. Something just clicks in my head. But I do take time. Whether it's an hour after when I'm in the hotel room or two hours, three hours, I take time to sit back and go, all right, this ain't, this you ain't bad. You did it in your city, yeah, bro. Yeah. This, ain't, this, ain't, this ain't bad. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is pretty cool. But then, you know, I get on it like, all right, got a show Saturday. Or I got a show next Wednesday. Or I got to do New Japan, you know? Like, when I did the G1, I actually enjoyed it. But then when it, when it was finally over, I was like, all right, when am I getting back? <laughs> You know what I mean? But I did enjoy it while I was there. I made sure I did that. When you when you talk about becoming world champion, you know, for the longest time, a lot of conversation online is, well, Vince McMahon wants bodybuilders. That's good for him. You got to look a certain way, and if you're if you look like Kevin Steen, if you look like you, these people are never going to be world champions. No. In your career, was there ever moments where that noise became loud in your head? No. No, because I was actually around. What up, Kevo? Big shout out to Steen. I was around guys like that. You know what I mean? There was a lot of dudes like that around. And no, that never bothered me because they don't know the work that I put in. They don't know that I go to the gym. They don't know that I do Muay Thai. They don't know that I do Jiu-Jitsu. You know what I mean? They don't need to know. That's not their business. You know what I mean? But like, they don't know the work I put in and the hours I spend, you know, getting ready to get in the ring. You know, they don't know. Yeah, look, my belly's a little bit bigger, bro. I like ice cream. I like five guys. I like, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I saw a McDonald's. I saw a McDonald's over here. I like to eat. You know what I mean? But like, I still work out. I still bust my ass. I still go 110% in that ring. Even if I can't go. Even if my body's turning on me. I still go 110 and give what I got. So all the people that say that stuff, they don't know me. They don't know the work. So of course they're going to say stuff because all they see is surface. They don't see anything deeper, so I let them be. And then I also kind of believe it like a lot of the people that say stuff never been in the ring and never done it. So you, okay, your opinion, opinions are like holes, man. Everyone got one and they all stink. That's what my mother used to say. Now, when the boys start knocking you and saying stuff, that gets under my skin a little bit, but then I kind of go, well, they ain't going to say it to my face, so f*** them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the way... That's the way I look at it. Because you if know? they cared, they would have went to you and took you to the side and be like, hey, yeah, either, either that or or if they wanted to really confront me on some and if they were really mad that I'm getting opportunities and I don't look like a bodybuilder, if they had a problem with it, confront me. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean we're going to throw hands, but let's have a conversation then. Yeah, because if you have an you issue, know? that's how we do it. Let's just knock it out the way then. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. And to me, Mox told me this a while ago. He said, if you're not having haters by now in your career being on TV, then you're not doing a good job. And I'm like, nah, you're right. And no one yeah. can take any of this away from me, haters or whoever. Yeah, I don't look like the typical wrestler. I ain't got six pack. I don't have these huge ass muscles, you know what I mean? But the bottom line is you can't take away what I've done and what I'm going to do. So sit there and hate all day, bro, do you. Watch something else then. I don't care, watch wrestling. Just watch pro wrestling, I don't care. I don't care what kind of pro wrestling it is. Just watch it. And look, they can have all those things you just mentioned, but they very few are going to make you feel the way this guy makes ah. you feel when you're watching them. I, I just I try. I, I know, I know. And you see how weird I get real quick? <laughs> well, look, it's going to get a little weirder. This is a little controversial, but I'm going to ask it. And I asked this to Swerve Strickland before Wrestle Dream. Yep. And this is me not trying to be a journalist. This is me being an AEW fan. There has been events that I've watched and went... Holy sh! I've never seen anything like this, like All Out. Of course, CM Punk had a few issues backstage. He's not the only one, though. Yeah, we There's all do. There's been plenty of issues, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me as a fan, I get so upset because let's take All Out, for example. All of the conversation was these incidents backstage yeah. and not what I just saw. For instance, the, uh, the All In here in Vegas two years ago where you almost lit someone on fire. Yeah, I wish I a, did. I we was need so to talk mad. about that moment, and we will in a I second. I was so mad that Brian stopped me. I was so mad. But as, and I don't want you to speak for the locker room, I, I'm just going to ask you direct. Does that bother you that the conversation isn't on, that it's on the drama and not on the things that you guys are doing in the ring? Nah, it don't bother me because I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I have a job to do, and my job is to make the people talk about us. And if I didn't do a good enough job where they want to talk about backstage stuff, then that's on me. I'll just do better next time. You know what I mean? And like I said in the interview before, there was no locker room divide like it was reported. Because I don't really hang out with a lot of people. I have like four or five people I chill with in the locker room. And I, those four or five people didn't, didn't give a what was going on. You know, we were in our own world because we had to go to work. And that's it. But... You know, people are going to talk about the drama because people love drama, man. That's why we have those kind of movies and all that. You know what I mean? They love it. But it's our job to go out there and, and produce. 
to make them forget that. And I think we are, but if people still want to talk about it, that's on them, not on me, you know? Since I did bring up CM Punk's name, I do want to ask you one more question. So when he left AEW and everything that happened and he's no longer with the company, your promo against him went viral. Of course, you said, hey, people don't, uh, you, you, people didn't want you here. You're not liked in the locker room. And everyone pointed to that and been like, see, there it is. Eddie telling the truth again. Do you feel bad that that moment was brought up again? And you're like, no, no, I'm doing my job. No, I'm doing my job. Then that's how I felt. You know what I mean? I didn't know what anyone else in the locker room felt. I didn't care. It's how I felt. I didn't want him there. You know what I mean? Me and Punk don't like each other, and that's fine. You're not going to like everybody you work with. You know what I mean? Do I wish he was still in AEW and I wish it worked out differently? Yeah, because he helped the company. But other than that, I don't give a f what he does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because me and him never got along anyway. You know? And it don't concern you. We no, don't have to be best friends. That's not, no, we don't have to be job. best friends to fight each other. It makes it better when we're not best friends. You know, when we have to fight each other. I don't wish him bad, but I don't wish him good either because I don't give a f <laughs> That's it. That's true. And uh, one thing I do want to ask you too is a couple weeks ago, Sean Ross, uh, Sean Ross posted something. Picture you, Ricky, Chelsea Green, LA Knight. Crazy how you guys were all at NWA at one time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you guys are all really honestly killing it. Like, thank you. First off, L.A. Knight, you're not from New York. Only he's allowed to wear the Tims. <laughs> no, no, no. I like L.A. Knight, bro. <laughs> oh, I like I, I like him. He's a good dude. He's allowed to. Sidebar, did you ever have lugs because of Funk Flex? No, never. You never, never had, had lugs? lugs? Never. It was always Tims. It was you, always Tims. People would clown on you if you had lugs. Was that the thing? I was too young. No, to me, to me, lugs wasn't. It was all about the Tims, bro. We listened to Wu-Tang. Mob Deep, all them. They weren't talking about lugs. They were talking about Tim's, man. I did listen to Trife Life before I came in here because I nice. I needed to get in. Trife Life, that, that's my jam. I love, most, that's, my uh, that's favorite. a deep cut. That's my favorite Mob Deep song. Trife Life off the Infamous album. That's my favorite song. You know how many that's people one. don't know that J Cole used that for one of his songs? Wait, that's the J Cole song. I was ah. like, nah, son. That's when you know you're getting old when they start telling you. Rest in peace, the Prodigy. Yeah, man. Back to the the question. Yo, top ten all time Prodigy for real. For real, for real. Can I get your Mount Rushmore? Damn. Uh, number for me personally, Pac is number one because he spoke to me as a kid. You know, with things. He just that, found this killer. He lived about 15 minutes. I know. I heard, yeah. <laughs> I'll take I was you to like, the house. I went like this. I said, "Of course." Now they find it, right? <laughs> I said, "Of course they did." Uh, for me, it's like Pac, Rakim, uh, Nas, and uh, I gotta go with uh, DMX because that's my man from Yonkin. Rest in peace again. Yeah. My man for me, he spoke to me, bro. He had me barking like a madman in 98 on the 20 bus at school, just barking all day as they played it on the boombox, you know? Yeah, I'm dating myself on the boombox, bro. That is legendary. Back to that photo really quick, though. Is it cool to see where you guys are all at right now? Nah, man, of course. Of course, bro. I'm so happy for LA night, you know what I mean? That dude busts his ass, man. We all did. We all did, you know what I mean? So to see him... Getting the love that he's getting and, and, and being able to perform on that big stage, I give, I salute him. Ricky Starks is a little bit of a bitch, he knows that, but, you know, I'm proud of him too. I, I just, I don't like the way he's acting, hey. but, but we could, we're cool in the sense of I could call him a bitch and he ain't gonna try to fight me, you know what I mean? And you don't have to like everybody. Exactly, that, exactly, exactly. But every, that time in NWA, I gotta give him mad love because it was just so much fun. And the atmosphere back I don't know how it is now. It's probably still the same. I got to ask Homicide. We don't talk about wrestling, really. We just talk about life. But when I call Homicide up, I'll ask him next time, yo, how is it? Is it like 
it was back then. Because back then, man, it was just so much fun. It was like, to me, hom having homicide there is always great. Because he always keeps me calm, believe it or That's not. That's your mentor, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so he knows how to talk to me and keep me, you know, yeah, yeah. calm like Rocky Romero does here. They know how to talk to me and, like, get my mind clicking where it's like, Eddie, don't do this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, not many people can do that. But we had us. We had L.A. Knight, like you said. You know what I mean? Trevor Murdoch. Uh, uh, Ricky Chelsea, was there, Chelsea, Chelsea Thunder Rosa, uh, Allison K, my French Vanilla, that's a nickname, Marty Bell was there, like, we had a bunch, and, and I know I'm missing other people, the Dawsons, like, I'm missing a lot of other, and I don't mean no disrespect, but like, it's a lot of names, it's a lot of names, and it was a lot of fun, you know what I mean, and then, you know, pandemic hit, and we all had to make money somehow, you know what I mean, and, you know, I didn't want to leave NWA, but it was either circumstances stay broke or make money and i had to make money you know what i mean i had to live i didn't want to move back in with my mother at 38 at the time you know that's real life stuff we're closing out with these two first and foremost eddie my baby mama's from peaksdale new york <laughs> i make fun of her all the time i say you're not from a borough you're not from new york city stop saying that take off that yankee jersey nah, nah is that a part of new york city yes or no not the city part no neither is yonkers though yonkers so then what can is they outside say, the borough yeah, they can yonkers say from jadakiss you nx yeah yeah and Tommy dreamer what up Tommy? you know <laughs> and we're right near the bronx bro we might as well be the six <laughs> we used to beef back in the day like legit fights in the schoolyard over Yonkers and Bronx being like a borough and not. It's dumbest things we get into fights at. Like physical fights. Like stick stickball bats being hit at each other. You know what I mean? Over now. Yonkers ain't New York. It's the weirdest thing. Anyway, it's New York. But it ain't the city part. You got to give them love. You got to give them that kind of respect. It's New York. They have the same tap water. You know what I mean? So you got to give them that. But if they say New York City, that's when you go, no, no, no. Do you see the way he was not He's like, city. you can't say the city. Not the you city part. Then we'll close out with this last question. It doesn't even have to be wrestling. Eli Manning, is he a Hall of Famer? Only, I swear I just had this conversation before coming here with Royce Isaac. He doesn't have the stats, but the reason why he's a Hall of Famer is he got the two Super Bowl rings and the two Super Bowl MVPs. One of them, granted, he could have gave it to the defense, but he still has two Super Bowl MVPs. Versus the team that all of America wanted to lose, which was the Patriots. Yeah, they did. Especially in 2007 when they came in there with Randy a, Moss and were Oh, dude, it was so aggravating seeing them win every week and knowing how great they were. You know what I mean? But when they won that game, I, I, I don't even remember the night because I lost it. I just was, like, so happy. I, I don't remember the last time I was that. Well, what was probably Grand Slam. Winning the ring, Grand Slam or no, the Super Grand, Bowl? No, Grand Slam. Beating up Claudio is always so much fun. I mean, that was yeah, 15 I mean, years he, in the making. Yeah, Claudio's a bitch. He's been a bitch and always would be a bitch. You know what I mean? He could be the greatest wrestler in the world, but at the end of the day, inside he's a bitch. That's all I'm going to say. Eddie, I want to thank you for the time. No, and thank man, you thank for you. the entertainment, man. Thank you for Appreciate the book. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.